Hi, welcome back once again to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of March 29, 2010. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. And I am joined today by nobody. There's nobody with me today. It's my first solo podcast, which we try to avoid like the plague uh, because we feel like uh, much of the value comes from our uh, witty banter that goes back and forth and our differing opinions. But uh, we've run into some technical glitches over the last uh, couple of weeks, as followers of our podcast have noted. Uh, We had uh, two episodes that basically got eaten by our software. And so uh, we tried to uh, do this again today, and we had the same thing happen. So rather than go another week without a podcast, which we know you listeners could not abide by, uh, we thought we'd go ahead and just have me uh, talk about some of this stuff uh, all by myself. And it's always good to think that there are people out there listening that will keep me going through this. So uh, that's why it's me today alone. So uh, welcome back. Thanks for uh, tuning back in. And There's a few things we wanted to talk about, and I'm going to try to uh, just cover three of them to keep it shorter than usual if I can. The first is some exciting news, which uh, probably most of you who follow this podcast already know. Uh, We have a book coming out that I authored called A Marketer's Guide to Measuring Results, which uh, officially is released April 16th, I believe, by Health Leaders Media. That's the publisher. And uh, we're very excited about this for a couple reasons. One, Uh, Those of you who listen to the podcast know we talk a lot about marketing measurement. And it was about a year ago or sometime last year we kind of put our foot down and said, you know, we talk a lot about marketing measurement, but we usually talk about it in frustration as far as how uh, usually non-marketers don't understand it and have their own expectations and uh, all of that. And we kind of said, okay, enough is enough. We're going to talk about this proactively and we're going to take the bull by the horns. And so... Uh, you know, we released a paper in the fall and that was the genesis for this book. So, uh, the book again, coming out April 16th, going to cover a lot of great stuff. Uh, it talks about how you can measure a process for measuring any marketing effort. Uh, it talks about how you build a long-term measurement discipline so that you can be uh, looking at things over time, uh, and trying to figure out what's, what's working, what isn't working, Uh, I talked to seven experts in different disciplines, such as public relations or uh, physician relations, to talk about measurement specific to those disciplines. And then also there's five case studies included in the book from hospitals and health systems uh, that have done measurement in different ways. So it's going to be a great, uh, great resource for folks. So that's the first reason we're excited. The second is uh, we're really looking forward to using the book as a launching off point for Uh, further discussions. And so we've started a Facebook community and we will post a link to that uh, on our uh, show notes. There we invite people to to become a fan of that and we're going to be running content through there from our blog, uh, from videos, uh, linking to other things. Uh, We're just going to have all kinds of content related to uh, some of the stuff that you find in the book so that we can explore this uh, topic further because there's so much more uh, that you can learn, and uh, a lot of the issues that are covered in the book, you know, we just have time to touch on, and you can dive so much deeper. So we're going to take the opportunity to do that, and we really want uh, this to be a dialogue and input from folks in the community. So that starts with you out there listening to the podcast. Make sure you uh, check out our Facebook page, uh, sign up for it. There's a specific Facebook page for the book. 
so if you want to focus just on marketing measurement, that's where it's all going to flow, flow from. Uh, we're also going to be starting a LinkedIn community, uh, and we'll be using Twitter and other social media resources. So uh, that should be fun stuff, and, and none too soon because, uh, you know, measuring results is something that we think is just going to become more and more demanded of uh, healthcare marketing leaders. And there's actually an article in this month's Health Leaders magazine that I think, you know, it doesn't really touch on marketing at all, but the the name of the article is called Benchmarking for Beleaguered Budgets. And it's frankly a pretty hot topic right now because in so many organizations that we know of, that we work with, that we've heard from, uh, they're going through uh, cuts for understandable reasons. And, and typically what's happening is they're bringing in some kind of consulting firm, national consulting firm, to uh, look at efficiencies. And, and typically what they're doing is they're benchmarking different areas against other hospitals in the country. And, and so they'll say, well, look, you spend X amount of dollars on your ED service line uh, as far as facility and staff and whatever, and that puts you in the 78th percentile. So uh, you've got room to cut if you want to you know, drop to 50th percentile or whatever. And typically what happens in these scenarios is marketing just gets crushed. And maybe there's some folks out there that have experienced this, but usually in almost every circumstance that I've heard of where this kind of uh, process takes place, marketing is cut in some ways. Usually that means staff cuts. Uh, sometimes it means staff and budget cuts, but most of the time it's staff cuts. And, you know, there are organizations out there that have said, well, we're not going to be, uh, we want everything to be at the 50th percentile. So we're going to cut our expenses down to match whatever the 50th percentile is. Uh, sometimes they just need to cut a, a certain percent out of the overall budget and they use these guidelines to do it. And so it's a big deal uh, in our world, I think, for healthcare marketers because this is a force that, uh, first of all, it seems to be pretty predominant, uh, growing. Uh, it, it's very understandable why healthcare organizations are going through this, given the pressures, the financial pressures uh, they have. So it's not something that we, any of us should expect will go away anytime soon. And furthermore, considering how marketing is valued or undervalued is a better way to put it, in hospitals and health systems, it's not surprising that marketing often comes under the gun sites and is uh, reduced, One of maybe one of the first areas that's reduced or it's almost always included in cuts. So, so what can we do about all this? Well, uh, you know, not much, unfortunately. We can't change the dynamic of the economy when it comes to the healthcare sector. It is what it is, and it's really tough right now. So, uh, hospitals and health systems are going to continue to look for efficiencies, which they should. Uh, don't think we can all try to snap our fingers or pray really hard that people will value marketing uh, overnight and get this. And, and that leaves me with where I started this conversation, which is measurement. Measurement is one true way to show and demonstrate the value of marketing. So showing the actual bottom line impact of what you're doing will make it much easier for you to defend your staff, defend your budgets, uh, because you're going to be able to say, look, you're looking at this as an expense. You're saying, well, marketing you know, marketing's $2 million of our budget. We can cut that down in half. What a marketer should be able to say is, well, look, that $2 million investment 
can bring us as an organization roughly $4 million in revenue or $10 million in revenue or whatever it may be. So by cutting it in half, uh, especially with marketing, you're literally cutting, you should be cutting uh, an investment in more business, which seems silly when this is all about efficiency. Uh, of course, we all know that as marketers, we understand that what we try to do is uh, build business for our organizations. But the only way to really get folks to see that is to measure those results. And so, uh, you know, these are the kind of trends that are that are coming that are going to force marketers either explicitly or implicitly to measure uh, more consistently and do a better job of it. So hopefully the book that's coming out will help with that. Hopefully the dialogue that we can have uh, and pulling for, forward other resources will help everyone out there uh, do this in a, in a more disciplined way so that they can stand up and say, this isn't as simple as cutting. You have to realize that by cutting something here, you're losing uh, this revenue stream here or the potential for this. So that should be the goal. It's going to take a while to get there. Uh, and it's too bad, you know, we weren't having these conversations three or four years ago so that folks would be prepared now. But uh, hopefully it'll be great to hear from people that have been able to leverage measurement and demonstrate the true impact of their marketing efforts to fend off some of these cost-cutting uh, efforts. Not sure there's too many of those stories, but I uh, would love to hear them if they're out there. So... Uh, another thing we want to talk about is, you know, we mentioned quite a bit on this show that we're all for competition in healthcare, And this has come up recently uh, in one regard because there was a legislator from Vermont who suggested uh, that there be a ban on hospital marketing and advertising expenditures. And his point is, you know, hey, this is we're trying to save money in healthcare. And then they go out and they spend all this money in advertising. Why should they do that? They shouldn't need to do that. Let's ban it. Uh, there are a lot of reasons why that's probably not going to fly. Uh, there's been some blog posts. We did a blog post on it. Health Leaders Media has a blog post on it. Uh, we'll provide links to both of those. Uh, the main reason it probably won't fly is because there are some very strong um, free speech issues at stake. And it's very unlikely uh, the courts would uphold any restriction of free speech when it comes to trade in that way. Uh, but the other thing that's frustrating uh, is that this is how the system works. You know, right now the system in this country is based on competition. It's it's a free market. It's very regulated, and it's, it's unlike, as we're going to hear in a second, it's unlike almost any other uh, industry. But uh, it is based on competition, meaning hospitals need to compete for their patients. And if that's the case, they need to be allowed to do that using advertising or marketing or whatever tools they need to use. So uh, so that's kind of been our take on competition and why we believe in it. There are some other reasons, though, and, and that's what I want to get to uh, from this article that came out in Business Week a couple weeks ago. And it's called uh, – it's actually a column, and it's called Healthcare, the Simple Solution. It's from one of our heroes, Clayton Christensen, who wrote The Innovator's Prescription, which is a fantastic book on what's wrong with healthcare and how to reform it. Uh, and in this, uh, in this column, his main point is he's trying to advocate for disruptive innovation, which is uh, what he says is necessary to both uh, improve the quality of healthcare and lower its costs. But there's a section in here that I think is worthy uh, of debate, and I'm going to read it to you verbatim, and then kind of we can, you know, we can talk about it. I'll, I'll be talking to you. It's a one-way communication <laughs> street this time. But uh, here's this quote. 
Here's a better way to think about it. Economists are wrong in asserting that competition controls costs. Most often, innovation and competition drive prices up, not down. And here he's talking specifically about healthcare, by the way. Most often, innovation and competition drive prices up, not down, because bringing better, higher-priced products to market is more profitable. Hospital versus hospital competition causes providers to expand their scope and offer more premium-priced services. So what he's saying here is, you know, you could walk away from this hearing that competition is bad. And in the sense he's talking about, uh, I believe that he's right. You know, typically competition in any market uh, is good for consumers and good for the market because it drives down price. Uh, from, from a price perspective, it should drive down price. But as we've talked about in this podcast, and, and many people already realize, in healthcare, it's a little whack because in healthcare, uh, you add competition, and typically uh, that doesn't increase uh, costs uh, as far as what consumers uh, bear. It increases them. It doesn't decrease them. It increases them. Uh, and that's because, uh, unlike in almost any other industry, the supplier of the product, in this case, physicians, clinics, hospitals, health systems, also drive demand of that product uh, almost 100%. Not 100%, but uh, in most cases, they drive it. So in other words, consumers aren't really driving uh, how much healthcare gets used. It's the people supplying it, the providers that are. And so you get these funky economic situations where you have, let's take a small community where there's uh, one MRI machine, and that MRI machine runs, let's say, oh, 3,000 uh, scans a year for this community. And then somebody decides they're going to come in and opening, open up a competing uh, MRI offering. What that should do in theory is say, well, there's 3,000 scans of this market. Uh, if they're evenly divided, these two competitors, they'll each get 1,500. Or if one's better, it'll get 2,000. The other will get 1,000. And as a result of this, uh, it will drive down the cost, too, because they'll have to be, compete for cost. But what happens instead is uh, that 3,000 scans in that community turns into 6,000 because now somehow, magically, uh, the demand for this is doubled. That's not because twice as many people are coming in for scans because they believe they need it. It's because now there's another source uh, of supply. And in this case, those physicians are driving more scans. Uh, and that's why there's additional cost, um, theoretically, for that community, because now they're paying uh, the insurance company who runs, you know, who uh, is in that market or whoever, Medicare, is now paying twice as much as they were before for MRI scans. So in that case, I think he's dead on. Uh, but, but I think it would be a mistake to take from this that competition overall is bad for providers uh, in a number of ways. First of all, you have circumstances where, uh, one provider dominates, and uh, they can drive up costs because they dictate pricing. Uh, and so an example would be, you know, in the Twin Cities, we have a lot of different systems. And typically, the two major insurers here, Blue Cross and, and Medica, uh, you know, they have to negotiate with those insurers to try to get the rates they want. And they're usually, you know, single-digit single increases in reimbursement or whatever. Uh, you have communities, you have markets where there's one giant provider, a huge system, and the insurance companies that serve that market have no choice but to deal with this one provider. 
And in that case, the power shifts to the provider. And the provider is, is going to say, I want a 20%, I want a 30%, I want a 40% increase in my reimbursement rates. And that insurer, if they want to keep those members, has to go along with it. And so if there were more competition in that market, the insurer would have more options. So, so that's one example of where uh, competition helps. And, and the other is, you know, competition does more than just drive prices. It drives uh, innovation, which is part of what he's talking about. It drives efficiency. It drives service. It drives experience. And so a uh, classic example of this in healthcare is the Canadian health system, where theoretically there really isn't competition. There is. People can go to you know, other countries or whatever. But when, when you have uh, one hospital that you have to use, that hospital has no incentive to improve its service or its efficiency, why, which is why you'll have very long wait times for certain types of care in Canada. We have seen examples even in our market at a smaller scale where, let's say, an uh, anesthesiology group happens to have the contract for a large system, meaning the system only uses this independent anesthesiology group to provide uh, that type of care. And in that case, it's a monopoly, meaning there's no competition for the anesthesiology group. And it shows, uh, you know, th they're not as efficient. Uh, their service isn't as good. Uh, it's very difficult for the system to deal with this group because they have all the power. And so uh, you definitely want competition. You want, uh, like in the Twin Cities, multiple uh, providers who are trying to constantly improve their offerings uh, so that uh, they stand out above the others. And that should include uh, improved experience. It should improve better, or include better service. It should include uh, quicker, uh, faster wait times and, and all of those things. Uh, but the one thing where, where it may not uh, include an improvement is cost, which is obviously a huge deal. So uh, we still think competition is a good thing, but we would love to hear from others who say, no, uh, competition's not great. Uh, certainly this, this dynamic that we've talked about takes effect when somebody new comes in, like the example I gave with the MRI, when you've got existing providers competing against each other, uh, that tends to bounce out a little bit more and there's uh, less likelihood of, um, increased costs, though it certainly happens because all it takes is the purchase of a new 64 slice CT scanner or the addition of a new surgeon. Uh, and then suddenly you've got, um, You've got utilization going up, which is an increased cost to uh, to us in the community. So, anyway, just a really interesting topic. I encourage you to read the uh, read the article and see what you think. Uh, but boy, we sure love Clayton Christensen. So, uh, definitely makes us think about uh, what we're trying to do and and what the market's trying to do. So, with that, I think we're going to end it a little early because hearing me talk for any more than twenty minutes would probably be deadly for listeners so i'm going to sign off for the crew at interval who weren't able to join me and for healthcare marketing insights look forward to talking to you next week thanks for joining us